Midnight Facts for Insomniacs. <laughs> I just learned something. Oh, I'm having fun now. It'd just be like carnival cruise lines. We'll all be on just a giant ship having fun. At least it's not going to be like two of every stinky-ass animal. It's just going to be a bunch of stinky-ass people after a while, I guess. But they'll be hot tubs. I don't know how much of this I'm going to cut, but a lot. <laughs> this is a 20-minute digression. <laughs> We've got a couple more of these. Nice. Hey, Duncan. Yo, hit me. So this episode... I'm calling Cursed Tourism Unique and Surreal Tourist Attractions. Oh, okay. Like the there was a series like Death Tourism or whatever, like people who like want to go to like Japan's Death Forest or whatever. That may be on the list. Ooh. But yeah, we're not going to go into it's not all morbid. Right. This is going to be kind of there's some funny ones, but I'm not doing the like roadside tourist attractions. For the most part, this isn't, you know, the biggest ball of yarn or whatever is <laughs> stupid. Right. Right. So the first tourist attraction mm-hmm. is nearby. We're actually going to do some international ones, but this one is very close. Uh-huh. It's in San Luis Obispo. OK. Home of Cal Poly. Barely two hours away from here. Mm-hmm. Also home of the nuclear reactor. I recall. recall. <laughs> this almost as bad. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I might rather go see the nuclear reactor. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's saying something. So if you're ever super bored mm-hmm. and hanging out in Santa Cruz and you think to yourself, uh, I want to be bored and also disgusted <laughs> and probably catch something, check out San Luis Obispo's Bubblegum Alley. Hmm. It is exactly what it sounds like. An alley coated on both sides with ABC bubblegum. Ah. Already been chewed. Are there pictures? I'd win pictures. Oh, yeah. Oh, there are a ton of pictures. You can, I'll let you look that up. I don't need to see them again. Okay. Good. It's very colorful. I'm sure. I'm sure at first you're like, oh, what a wonderful mosaic. That's, ew. Yeah. Okay. It's like a looking at a Jackson Pollock, and then you realize it's just semen splatter. You went there. I was just going to say, like, maybe blood and saliva, but no, you're yeah. like, just come. And there are conflicting stories regarding the alley's history, but the tradition of sticking gum on walls... Well, those particular walls. I don't think they started the entire tradition. Of I was gonna gum say. on walls has a long and storied history. I was going to say, it's been around a bit. Yeah. The tradition of sticking gum on those particular walls was most likely started in the 50s by high school kids. Yeah. Tracks. I, too, was a disgusting teenager. I was a highly disgusting teenager. I'm not going to tell you what I stuck on walls. No, yeah. Yeah. Was it Jackson Pollock? <laughs> no. I mean... According to a popular blog dedicated to San Luis Obispo, mm-hmm. quote, Bubblegum Alley is a must-see in slow, S-L-O, San Luis Obispo. That's what no, no, I, I cool got, people. Yeah, yeah. All, the, all the cool kids call it that. Mm-hmm. Bubblegum Alley is a must-see in slow because it's not every day you can see an entire walkway lined with gum. I mean... It's not every day you can see an alley teeming with dried spittle and bacteria. It's not every day you can see an alley coated in human waste. Yeah, good. Yeah. And also, like, none of that is true. Yeah. yeah. The alley is not a must-see uh-uh. by any stretch of the imagination. And you can absolutely see it every day if you live in San Luis Obispo. Fuck, if you live near BART, bro. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure you walk down any BART, like, platform, you will see at least 97 pieces of paved over. How do they do that, by the way? It's always glossy. Mm-hmm. Like, they've gotten some sort of steamroller and then some sort of lacquering device to just go over the gum. I think you described exactly how they do it. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That just seems really expensive. Yeah. So, quote, over the years, San Luis Obispo residents have wavered on their opinions toward the icky tradition, coming together every now and then to campaign for its removal. 
the hell you say? So there is still the occasional complaint, but apparently the controversy has been settled. It definitely seems that way because the city has allowed vendors to place bubblegum dispensers at the entrance to the alley. Advantage bubblegum. That's so gross. So for the foreseeable future, you can head to San Luis Obispo and add your own unique strain of hepatitis to the spit wall. God. Got staff? Put it on our wall. <laughs> Jesus. The next attraction. Mm-hmm. These are th- attractions, not the right word. I'm not attracted to any of these so far. No. The next repulsion <laughs> is appropriately in Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky. Where I don't really want to visit. Sorry, Lydia. So you know how there are like Harry Potter super fans and the tourism industry has stepped up and provided all kinds of wizarding experiences? Sure. Well, just like there are super fans of Harry Potter, there are also super fans of Jesus. True. And the Christian tourism industry does not disappoint. Hardly ever. There are all kinds of wacky-ass Bible-themed tourist attractions that seek to invoke the nostalgia that many Christians feel for a fantasy era of floods and plagues and being subjected to the whims of a vengeful God. (laughs) Oh, back in the good old days. (laughs) Take the Kentucky Ark Encounter. Please. Take it. God. I tried to do much. I know, I, get, I got it. It didn't work on Mostly me. just sounded like someone wanted to get into the sleepless cell. It yeah, was well done. It was well done. Genius. It's not as I envisioned it. <laughs> the Ark Encounter is a tourist attraction celebrating Noah's Ark and the famous biblical flood from Genesis. Because who wouldn't want to use their vacation time to travel to bumfuck Kentucky to experience the extermination of life on Earth? <laughs> One of the exterminations of life on Earth. That feels kind of like, you know, Jews going to Dachau and being like, uh, do you remember when these nice Nazis wiped us all out? Like, who the fuck? What? Why? I said they're not all going to be morbid. This one's kind of morbid, actually. Yeah, if you're really thinking about it at all, beyond the whole, like, it's a fantasy. It never really yeah. happened. It's like, dark as balls, dude. <laughs> these people know that Disneyland is an option, right? Right. Yeah. I guess you could do both. It's not a either or. It's kind of a, it's, it's a couple states away, but yeah, you could do it. You could, after spending time at the happiest place on earth, I want to celebrate the drowning of it. <laughs> this life-size creation of Noah's Ark is located in northern Kentucky, about 40 miles south of Cincinnati, Ohio. Hmm. And by the way, it is super weird to me when tourist attractions use the word encounter, <laughs> because you don't actually, you don't encounter things on purpose. No, no, generally it's either an accident or something dangerous. Yeah, you could have an encounter with a lion in Africa. You're not going to arrive home from work and encounter your couch. You know it's there. I mean, I've, I've been drunk enough. I've encountered quite a few inanimate <laughs> objects in my house. I've been like, son of a bitch, who put it there? And yeah. they sober up. I'm like, ow, bruises. Yeah. My knee has encountered the table many times, I guess yeah, you could say. But the definition of encounter is an unexpected or casual meeting with someone or something. Mm. If you can see it on the horizon and you bought a ticket, that's not an encounter. No. No, that's a visit. That's a... Interaction. Does this arc ambush people? <laughs> ninja arc. Ninja arc. I don't want anything to do with a sneaky arc. No. Arc experience? Yes. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Oh, arc okay. encounter? No, thank you. No. Anyway. Mm-hmm. The arc was the creation of Ken Ham, a Christian fundamentalist and textual literalist originally from Australia who founded the anti-evolution, anti-science, quote, answers in Genesis organization. Hmm. Ken believes that the Bible is a 100% true story with no embellishment whatsoever. Oh, okay. So ladies turned into salt, 
900-year-old men, giants and demons and zombie resurrections, you know, nonfiction. Yeah, you know, 900-year-old drunks suddenly being able to build feats of extraordinary engineering that somehow housed two of every single literal creature on the planet. Well, the Bible is an autobiography. Well, duh. It's a memoir. Yeah. And on the eighth day, he typed. (laughs) Or dictated to his phone, maybe. That's what I do. God would be ahead of his time. He was He's rocking the iPhone 15 right now. He has all the good shit. Dude, if he had a phone that did dictation back when he was creating the world, I'm pretty sure by this time, he has the iPhone 10 to the 12th. Yeah, you're assuming that life is going to exist beyond the iPhone 15. See, I'm putting a hard stop for humanity right ah, about then. Got, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Probably not a flood, but some type of boomsplode. <laughs> and we're back to boomsplode. I love that boomsplode keeps coming back. Yes. So the Ark itself is five stories tall and one and a half football fields long and contains an animatronic talking Noah along with his seven family members and sculptures of all of the Ark animals. Mm. It also features a ton of nifty-looking museum-style exhibits, including an artistic depiction of the Rainbow Covenant. Mm. Are you familiar with the Rainbow... Oh, God. I love the MFFI because I learned shit like this. Okay, please. The Rainbow Covenant is from Genesis 9. Mm-hmm. It is the biblical passage in which God informs Noah that he has created rainbows as a reminder of God's promise to never wipe out humanity with a flood again. Hmm. I love this so much. God's just like, listen, listen, okay? I lost my temper. It's not going to happen again. I have changed. I'm not the same vengeful deity I was 40 days and nights ago. You just, you made me so mad, but I'm better now. Promise I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to stop drinking. I got you something (laughs) to make up for it. All right. As a token of my love. Look how pretty this is. I call it a rainbow. It's an optical illusion. Lasts about 30 seconds. (laughs) But it's very pretty. Isn't it? it Doesn't this make up for the whole exterminating humanity thing? (laughs) For the fact that you no longer have friends or, you know, any extended family. Look at the colors. At least nine. Look at those fleeting colors for 30 seconds. Jeez. Think about the good times. Remember, you know know what? Remember when we were walking in the sand and you looked down and you realized there was only one set of footprints? You remember that? And you were like, get off my back, God. You're heavy as fuck. You're kind of big enough for the whole universe. Good times. Good times. Remember when I created everything? Oh, no, you weren't there because I hadn't created you yet. We push this we domestic violence really metaphor just too far. Right past the, the line of good taste into just Jesus, dude. <laughs> I dig it. I'm still giggling, still laughing, but holy fuck. I do want to mention it was pointed out to me that the Rainbow Covenant only applies to flooding. God can still purge the world with fire or plague or fucking velociraptors. He's whatever he wants. He's very creative. That's what I said. Yeah, I was like, you know, I'm going to try out some pandemics. I got a boom explode up north. You forget about it. It's going to be fun. He's very creative. Creating is kind of his thing. And destroying. I mean, apparently. Yeah. So next time you see a rainbow, remember that it is God's promise that he will come up with a much more horrific death next time. (laughs) It's not going to be flooding next time. That's what what God is saying. The rainbow, when you see it, he's like, just remember, it's going to be worse. (laughs) I got tricks. I got all new shit now. By the way, also, just like a domestic abuser, just one last hammer home of this fucking joke. If you are Christian and you also believe in the polar ice caps melting due to global warming, still going to flood. Yeah. Still going to wipe out most people. Yeah. 
Sorry, guys. Yeah, start building. <laughs> we got better boats now. We do. You know what? We'll just be like carnival cruise lines. We'll all be on just a giant ship having fun. At least it's not going to be like two of every stinky ass animal. It's just going to be a bunch of stinky ass people after a while, I guess. But they'll be hot tubs. I don't know how much of this I'm going to cut, but I was gonna... a lot. <laughs> this is a 20 minute digression. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a couple more of these. Nice. By the way, thank you, Lydia, our resident preacher's daughter, for helping me brush up on my Sunday school nonsense. She explained the whole coven thing to me. It's pretty amazing. That is. Thanks, Lyd. So there are also other exhibits. Uh, one of them seeks to explain how Noah could have fit two of every animal on his boat. Mm. I've always been curious about that. Because the current estimate is that there are around 6.5 million species of land animal in the world. Mm -hmm. So here is their very creative explanation. Quote, how did Noah fit all of those animals... Noah didn't take two of every species on the ark, only two of each, quote, kind of animal. The biblical kind is actually more like the family level of classification as opposed to the species. Hmm. That's a lot fewer animals. Exclamation point. They're very excited about that. All of the animals, food, storage, and supplies could have comfortably fit on the ark. I also like to just say things. Thank God we live in a capitalist country in which it's legal to profit from blatant falsehoods. Indeed. America. America. <sighs> the Ark Encounter cost $120 million to make. Significantly more expensive than Noah's version. Inflation's a bitch. <laughs> a couple thousand years of it. Noah's was free. He just needed a saw and a hammer and a forest. And, you know, seven family members. <laughs> Still, it was a DIY project. Yeah. Come on, Ken Ham. Where's the authenticity? Seriously, you didn't just build this with your family? Maybe a few of your Amish helpers? Bust out a saw and some work ethic. Seriously, where's your elbow grease? It took Noah 70 years, but Noah was supposedly over 500 years old. So a 69-year-old whippersnapper like Ken Ham should be able to slap an ark together in a couple decades. Seriously, aren't you a holy man? You're doing God's work. He'll get you there. Yeah, God's going to pull you over the finish line. That's what he does. You'll make it to at least 450. Come on. Word. Where's your faith? I have to be honest, I super want to visit this thing. I mean, you know what I'm going to say. I want to go drunk. <laughs> yeah. I want to go make an ass of myself, get a picture of me trying to ride one of these <laughs> animatronic animals. Honestly, the only thing that's holding me back from this is, well, Kentucky. I'm not going to Kentucky. But beyond that, if I found myself in Kentucky, the only thing that would be holding me back is the $50 ticket price. And most importantly, the fact that I would be giving Ken Ham $50. Yeah, yeah, that definitely would be a downside for me. If we can find some sort of Groupon or, you know, join a church for a week, I'm down. Is there's no atheist discount? Don't you want to, come on, you want to convert us, right? Let me in for free and I will let you try to convince me. We'll, we'll make shirts that say atheist, but on the fence. Yeah, no one's going to pay to be preached at. You have to, like, entice them in. Mm -hmm. You got to give me a little sugar, man, if I'm going to let you fucking spit God at me. I just took a whole euphemistic turn for the worst, man. I might have rechosen different words. I don't even know how that was sexual, but it like sounded sexual. But like, if you think about it, it's very strange. That was like, if that's sexual, it's a really weird fetish. So yeah, I do not want to support Ken Ham or his organization because it is more than a little bit controversial. First off, the Ark received a ton of tax breaks and incentives from the city, county, and state. And I'm sorry, but it is fucking ridiculous that taxpayers helped to fund this religious for-profit tourist attraction yeah i mean isn't the whole point of a church and them getting tax breaks that they're not for profit technically 
Yeah, and also like church and state right. supposed to have a division. That we've never, uh, we've long lost yeah, that shit. We lost that fight a long time ago. Quote, as a condition of employment, the museum and ARC staff of 900, including 350 seasonal workers, must sign a statement of faith, rejecting evolution and declaring that they regularly attend church and view homosexuality as a sin. E. Ken Ham's Answers in Genesis organization, AIG, uh, Egg, Egg also uh, recently lit up the ARC in rainbow colors to reclaim the rainbow symbol from the demonic gaze. The demonic gaze. What about the normal, holy, fine gaze? I added the demonic part, but oh. they, they were thinking it. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Oh, and did I mention the zip lines? I'm sorry? Yeah, there are zip lines. There's also a planetarium. <laughs> I don't know. How are they going to... They're going to show you Mars and be like, God made that one too. Just don't let anyone tell you different. Take a look at uh, Venus over here. Yeah. Guess who made that? <laughs> Any wise asses in the crowd want to get uh, lose their 50 bucks and... Mom, you kicked out early? Mom, why is Mr. Ham so angry? <laughs> I think we spent enough time on this fucking nonsense. Are I do you? want to point out there is an ongoing lawsuit between Ken Ham and an insurance company as a result of the Ark being damaged in 2017 by, wait for it, a rainstorm. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Was there a rainbow afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> Next tourist repulsion. Japan's Mount Fuji is an active volcano that last erupted in the 1700s, but the most recent truly epic eruption was in 864 CE, and that's when the volcano laid down a carpet of lava over a very particular 12 miles on the mountain's northwestern flank. Hmm. This area would later sprout a thick covering of trees so dense that it would be referred to as the Sea of Trees, hmm. which is slightly more appealing than its other nickname, Suicide Forest. Ah, the Suicide Forest. If any of our listeners have heard of Aokigahara, it's most likely because a douchebag, waste-of-breath American YouTuber, who shall not be named, shot an extremely disrespectful video of a dead body there. But we're going to ignore that and just focus on the tragic fact that this forest hosts as many as 100 suicides a year. Hmm. So many that there is now a sign at the entrance to the forest advising suicidal visitors to think of their parents and the family they'd be leaving behind and encouraging them to reconsider. Huh. I was wondering, because isn't Japan supposed to be not a pro-suicide, but not a negative suicide culture? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Okay, cool. And of course, because humans are who we are, the forest has become a major tourist attraction. Sounds fun. And there's a chance you might uh, find a dead body. A little bit of Stand By Me, a little bit of Blair Witch, in a foreign country where you don't speak the language. Sounds like a great thing to do at night. It's like a raffle. You went through and you didn't find a dead body? Oh. oh. Better luck next time. <laughs> Jesus. That's how people are going to this thing. It's I like, know. I hope I find a dead body. Like, fingers crossed. It rained recently. That makes people sad. This is a great time to go to the forest. Probably at least two or three. Yeah. Maybe we'll get them after a couple of days and they'll be all bloaty. The most popular methods of suicide in the forest are drug overdose and hanging. Mm. Oh, and did I mention that this area of Mount Fuji often hosts school children on field trips? Yeah. Hey, kids, want to learn about mortality? Step this way. It seems like at this point they actually know better than to head to the forest itself. Mm. Uh, mostly they're in the area. But uh, maybe let's not take kids to an area where we have to actively avoid the place where all the dead bodies are. The most likely theory as to why this forest became a popular suicide destination is that it was originally used for the practice of ubusute, 
which is a Japanese word that signifies the abandoning of an elderly parent in a remote location to die. Hmm. Having a word for that, not great. Isn't it retirement home? <laughs> I mean, that's two words. It's fair. So all of that uh, rampant gerontocide in the forest led to myriad ghost stories and an association with death and an overall morbid reputation, which presumably attracts people who want to die. Right. And people who want to see people who have died. Unfortunately. Yeah. So as you mentioned, suicide is a major problem in Japan, a country with higher suicide rates than most other developed nations. And sadly, people who commit suicide often seek out locations that are known to be popular among suicidal people. Many psychologists speculate that this is a subconscious way of seeking out a group, a cohort, mm -hmm. feeling connected to people who are experiencing the same sense of hopelessness. Surges in the suicide rate tend to occur in March, which coincides with the end of the fiscal year. Uh, in Japan, even more so than many other Western nations, employment and financial success can be inextricably tied to one's sense of self-esteem and social status. Mm. I read a CNN interview with a man named Taro, who had survived his suicide attempt. Quote, Taro bought a one-way ticket to the forest, having been fired from his job at an iron manufacturing company. Mm. He slid his wrist, but he was saved by a hiker. Uh, side note, maybe we shouldn't be selling one-way tickets to the suicide forest. If you're going to go, you have to buy a round trip, just yeah. on the off chance that you do come back. Yeah, what do you care? It's, if it costs more, you're yeah. not going to need it. That was probably the most cynical thing we've ever said on this <laughs> podcast. Holy crap. I'm just saying, or at least, you know what, let's check in with the purchasers. Right. A little red flag should pop up. It's a red flare. It's a fucking red explosion. That's what a, that is. It's a little, like, clippy. Yeah. Remember clippy? It yeah. pops up in the corner of the screen, like, hi. How you feeling, buddy? We noticed you just bought a one-way trip ticket to the suicide forest. How's your day going? In order to finalize your purchase, I must show you 30 minutes of kitten <laughs> and puppy videos. Yeah. That would be actually a good idea. It'd be a way to go. Another factor in Japanese suicide rates is that there isn't as much of a stigma, as you mentioned, in Japan against suicide. Hmm. Yet there's a pretty extreme stigma surrounding mental illness. So you might be judged more harshly for being mentally ill than for attempting to end your life because of it. Religion also plays a part. Hmm. In Christianity, there are believed to be consequences in the afterlife if you commit the sin of suicide. It's a mortal sin. Mm -hmm. But Japan isn't as heavily Christian as the Western world. And in fact, in Japan, one of the words for suicide is jiketsu, or jiketsu, which roughly translates to decide for yourself. Ooh, I like that. So for some, suicide may seem like a proactive decision, more acceptable than seeking help. Mm. Just goes to show how this stigma against mental illness can be as damaging as the illness itself, if not even more so. Next repulsion. Segways for shit. <laughs> this is the story of an exceedingly creepy tourist location. I kind of hate this one. This is my least favorite. Hmm. All right. Well, I don't know. The Suicide Forest is pretty sad. Oh. This one just freaks me the hell out. Oh, okay. Okay. This is also the story of an exceedingly creepy man named Don Julian Santana Barrera. Might be Julian, but I'm pretty sure. I, you always see like Julio mm. and like Julian. Fair enough. It takes a little bit of sifting to unearth or assemble an accurate backstory for this guy. Uh, Wikipedia will tell you that he was the owner of a tiny Mexican island. But after additional research, it has become clear that he was the owner of an island in the same way that you're the owner of any candy wrapper you find on the sidewalk. <laughs> Fair. All right. Other articles refer to him as the caretaker of the island. And yeah, like, same situation. You can be the official caretaker of any candy wrapper you choose. Right. Or, you know, any cesspool you happen across that is unclaimed. 
This tiny island near Mexico City was indeed the candy wrapper of islands. Hmm. It was small and kind of filthy and no one was using it. And so Don Barrera moved in. Hmm. So what happened next is debatable. But hmm. what is clear is that Don Barrera slowly became more and more eccentric. He would later claim that there was a specific incident that led to his erratic behavior. He found a drowned girl face down in a lagoon. And not long after that, a doll washed up on the island's shore. Yep. He believed that the doll belonged to the girl. And in some versions of the tale, he insisted that the girl's spirit inhabited the doll. Mm -hmm. Either way, in order to, uh, quote, appease the spirit of the deceased girl, he hung the doll up from a tree. As one does to appease things? Nothing appeases a restless spirit like a lynching. But for whatever reason, Barrera began collecting dolls and stringing them up with fishing line and rope all over the island. Yeah. With zero protection from the elements, the dolls slowly disintegrated. And Barrera replaced many of them over time, and eventually the island was host to one crazy old man and a constant shifting population of rotting dolls. <sighs> Word spread, and people began trekking to the island to see these dolls, and a tiny industry evolved around ferrying tourists to the island. Hmm. An industry mostly run by the son of Don Barrera. Wow, so really just sort of taking advantage of your old man's crazy. That's fucked. In 2001, Barrera was found face down in the water, drowned in exactly the same location where he had claimed to have found the girl years before. Hmm. That's actually pretty creepy. That is truly creepy. The strange circumstances of his death resulted in some modest media attention, which in turn fueled tourism. To this day, thousands of tourists visit the island of the dolls every year, and many of them bring their own dolls to string up in the memory of Don Barrera. What the The fuck? creepy, disturbing memory of creepy, disturbing Don Barrera. Like, <laughs> that'd be like going to somebody who, who killed themselves in a fit of, like, paranoid schizophrenia and going to their room and, like, bringing your own poo to smear on the walls. Like, what are you fucking doing? Yeah. yeah. We're going to end with a fairly happy one. Oh, I lied. This is there's another just two more. <laughs> Holy crap. Holy crap. I always do this. Yeah. If you ever find yourself on Jeju Island in South Korea, mm -hmm. the largest South Korean island, and you feel like sharing an extremely awkward experience with a bunch of strangers, be sure to visit Loveland, a sex-themed interactive sculpture park. Um. Obviously, the park is 18 and up, uh, but if you have a family, if you and wifeness are raising some little McCrazy go nutses, <laughs> they can hang out in the adjacent uh, child-friendly anime-themed play area. Hopefully not hentai-themed. You, you got to keep your children occupied while you get all horned up in public. That's sex tourism 101. I mean, duh. I mean, you know, when you come pick them up, they might wonder why you've still got a tent, but sure. So the park is about the size of two football fields. Hmm. You can view all 140 of the uh, attractions in about an hour. Hmm. Or you can take your time. You know, just edge. Slow stroking. <laughs> I took a look at some of the sculptures mm -hmm. for research. Yes. The park's mascots, which greet visitors at the entrance, are a phallus wearing yellow mittens and a vagina with a floppy hat. <laughs> I feel like a vagina already kind of has a floppy hat. Yeah, I mean, I might have gone with like a floppy hood. No. Maybe a Holocaust cloak. <laughs> Fair. There is a life-size depiction of a man having sex with a woman from behind uh, through a doorway. Huh. He has an expression on his face like he's passing a kidney stone. Uh, he is not happy. Maybe there were splinters involved. I, 
It's a very confusing piece of art. I don't know why this unhappy man is having sex with a woman through a doorway. Was the All door of... closing? Did it catch them in the act? It's hard. There's no uh, context. Mm. It's mm. a very confusing park, to be honest. Everything is confusing. <laughs> there is a giant masturbating golden woman that tourists like to photograph themselves uh, molesting, basically. Fair. It's a good look for your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of bestiality in this uh, particular park. Okie dokie. Yeah, it's pretty weird. There's a one statue is just of a dog peeing, mm. but he's got his leg lifted and like his full red rocket is lipsticks out of the tube. Huh. Okay, man. <laughs> it's weird. Oh, there's the picture of the guy who got his dick caught in a door and a woman trying yeah. to help him out with her ass cheeks. See how unhappy he looks about having sex? I mean, like, just stop, man. It- it doesn't look like he's having sex. It looks like he literally got his dick stuck in a door. And a woman was like, I know how to help you out, sir. I've got the, the world's strongest butt cheeks. They're like the jaws of life. Let me pry you free from this door jam. So although the park didn't open until 2004, the genesis of this place supposedly goes back to the 1970s. Hmm. Due to lingering policies related to the Korean War, travel outside of the country was restricted in the 1970s. And as a result, many newlywed couples would honeymoon on Jeju Island. It was oh, nearby. Got it. Okay. And at the time, arranged marriages were extremely common. So many of these couples were, for all intents and purposes, strangers hmm. and very sexually inexperienced. So, and this is the part that strikes me as uh, dubious. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, the island became known as being a center for sex education. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but various articles mentioned that local hotels would offer erotic entertainment to help the couples relax because they were all very nervous so in order to help these newlyweds who know nothing about sex and are probably pretty damn uncomfortable about it you're going to fuck in front of them that's sure to unwind them i think it was just like porn videos in your room or something like every other hotel ever yeah Mm. none of this makes sense because also (laughs) like somehow this led to a bunch of students in 2002 creating porn statues which were then put on display in 2004 question mark just uh, translation we needed a non-sleazy backstory for this porn park right we need an explanation for this that makes it sound credible less farcically gross yeah (laughs) we don't kink shame so you know go check out fido's red rocket while your kids play nearby you horny weirdo (laughs) do you bro do you whatever that means final uh, tourist repulsion oh yes so if you ever get homesick for jolly old England, hmm. but you don't want to travel 6,000 miles, I have an alternative that is only one-sixth this far. Hmm. In the town of Alliance, Nebraska, stands an almost-to-scale replica of the sacred ceremonial site on England's Salisbury Plain, known as Stonehenge. In fact, the only difference is that instead of giant slabs of stone, the Nebraska hinge is constructed of uh, rusty old cars. Not the same at all, really. Otherwise, though, it's exactly the same. Mm, yeah. yeah. Other, Other than, than not being at all the same, totally yeah. the same. Got well, it. it's structurally similar. We'll get there. Okay. So back in 1987, Jim Reinders was a man with a vision and seemingly a lot of free time. <laughs> at least a few cars. He decided to build Car Hinge as a tribute to his late father, and he worked tirelessly with help from friends and family. Hmm. Some very patient and tolerant friends and family. 
<laughs> like someday Jimmy's going to get some meds until then he's got cars and a lot of free time. We just got to keep him off, you know, masturbating in the bushes. It's fine. Just let I, him play with the cars. I got to give it to this guy. My friends and family, not that cool. None of you have taken seriously my lifelong goal of building an Eiffel Tower out of dildos. Can confirm. You scoffed. I did. There's a lot of alcohol references in this story. Jim said that he and his friends built the hinge with just, quote, blood, sweat, and beers. Yeah. A song that Reinders and his friend uh, sang during the construction. They made this up themselves. Uh, by day I plant cars. By night I make bars. I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> did, he, did, did he own a construction license? Was he know. building pubs? What? That is the level of poetry I expect from Nebraska. <laughs> And the maker of Car Hinge. And the level of coherence. <laughs> the cars are all vintage models from the 50s and 60s. Some of them are planted with their hoods in the ground and wheels in the air. Others are welded together and straddling the upright cars like the lintel stones of the original Stonehenge. Mm. They're all painted gray to appear more stony. Mm. Reinders had spent years in England, quote, studying Stonehenge, uh, which as best I can tell means he uh, looked at it a lot. I was going to say, probably took no measurements or aligned it to the stars the way Stonehenge is. But he certainly talks a good game. Quote, there's a circle of cars with a heel stone, a slaughter stone, and two station stones. The honor of depicting the heel stone went to a 1962 Cadillac. The 96-foot in diameter creation has been built to scale, and it mimics Stonehenge's current dilapidated state. <laughs> All 38 of the major stones found at Stonehenge are represented here at Carhenge. Mm. Seems legit. Okay. Construction took approximately a week. According to Jim, quote, we were able to reduce the time of the original Stonehenge construction by 1,999 years and 51 weeks. Furthermore, their foreign stones had come only 250 miles from Wales, while we had a car from Japan, some 6,000 miles away. <laughs> Take that, druids. Sure, buddy. Sure. Did you did you sail it here on a wooden ship, or did you roll it from the coast up to you by a, like wooden rollers? Yeah. Why didn't you ancient suckers just use a forklift <laughs> and an international supply chain? And, you know, a backhoe. <laughs> Idiots. Dummies. Car Hinge is now officially known as the Car Art Reserve. Hmm. Just to make it a little more fancy. <laughs> and entrance is free, hmm. though a donation is encouraged. Hmm. See how that works, Ark? That's how that works. Yeah. I think you just bring a Bud Light. They'll be happy. <laughs> Jim will be thrilled. Case of Coors, knock it out. All right, that's all I got. That was an impressive level of creepy, funny, and sad. Yeah. Yeah. That was... We hit all the notes. I, I, think, I think we did, yeah. And ended on, a for this time at least, a, a vaguely positive, if perplexing one. I did that on purpose. I was like, you know what? I feel like we've uh, done enough, you know, sparking contemplation of mortality. Yeah. Here, car hinge. Here's a drunk dude who <laughs> put, a bunch cars. <laughs> put a bunch of cars in a circle. For your delectation. I do uh, like that Jim was just like, I ain't got shit to do and I got a lot of cars. And a lot of beer. And a couple friends. <laughs> and like family and friends who are as bored as I am. Because Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. So, as usual, crazy insomniac folk, we need you to head to the Discord. We need you to go there and pick our next episode. And finally, leave a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. We love all the attention. We love all the support you guys have been giving us. Please continue to do so. And then finally, as per usual, and forever after... Knowledge is power. Sleep is
overrated.